Welcome into the February 15th edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DeSefno with Dave Morissuti. It's game day, ladies and gentlemen. The Blackhawks are in town. We got a big update on Austin Matthews regarding his status in tonight's game. Meanwhile, a big shakeup on the blue line, and I've got some damning stats to suggest why this is happening. All that more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcast from, also up on YouTube, we've got new content coming out each and every day, Monday through Friday, so please subscribe to us and uh, get that Leafs content directly to you. Hit the little notification bell as well so that you know when uh, the new pods drop each morning. Uh, Dave, we got uh, we got another game tonight. There has not been a lot of hockey being played in Leafs Nation, I guess, since the start of the month. This is going to be just the fourth game of the month, and we're halfway, more than halfway through it, I guess, technically, with only being a 28-day month. It's just the fourth game, but we've got the Chicago Blackhawks in town tonight taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, this uh, lack of action right now, and I kind of brought it up uh, on the last show, is that now the Tampa Bay Lightning right there with them. Those games in hand really did come in handy for good old Tampa and their race for second in the Atlantic Division. It did, and they defeated the Colorado Avalanche uh, last night, and I believe that puts them in a tie with the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, but I believe that, well, I actually think they have, based on points percentage, would be ahead of them, was still a game in hand, correct? Yep, one game in hand, so they'll have a better stand percentage in the standings. Yeah, so you wake up this morning with the Toronto Maple Leafs in third place uh, in uh, the standings and in points percentage, in both, realistically, uh, for the first time in a long time, so that's not good. But they do take on one of the league's worst teams with a chance to pick up two full points. That said, Dave, picking up two points against some of the league's worst teams has not been the easiest thing of late for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I guess it's really been a problem for a few years now. I don't know if you saw this stat that was floating around, but against the bottom seven teams of the NHL this season, the Leafs have just four victories in 11 games. Four, four, and three in 11 games against uh, against opponents that are in the bottom seven of the National Hockey League and firmly in the Bedard sweepstakes. I'm curious to know how, m- how many of those are against the Montreal Canadiens. They- I can tell you, uh, if you give me a minute, I can tell you exactly what that breakdown is. If you want to talk for about 30 seconds while I find that information for you. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know what, it's... I, like I was, I I was listening. Obviously, with Boots Brojo coming on the podcast uh, with uh, Friedman, uh, not Friedman, Kipper and Bourne, he was talking about how, like, oh, you know, it's kind of it's one game. I feel like saying Bruce, it hasn't been one game. It has been multiple games like this, and 
these are this you're gonna look and if at the end of the season the, the standings end the way they are and people are you know annoyed about the Leafs not having home home ice and all those things these games are gonna be the exact reason why because it's it's there's no mar- they, they left themselves no margin for error when they lose these types of games yeah absolutely um so I have the records for the bottom seven teams um I'll go in order from literally last to let's be like 25th in the NHL. So the Blue Jackets just uh, just played them this past weekend, played both games one and one against the Blue Jackets, yet to play the Blackhawks. So tonight's the first game against Chicago, and then I think they have another game coming up uh, on Saturday as well, or next next week rather, so, uh, or well, Sunday, back, right? Back-to-back, Montreal Saturday, Chicago on Sunday. Yeah, so they got Montreal Saturday and, and then Chicago Sunday. So they got both of their Chicago games this week, both must-wins if you ask me. So, so far they haven't played them yet. So obviously it means a 0-0 zero and zero record. Against the Ducks, they're one zero and one. Against the Coyotes, they're zero two and one. Against the Sharks, one zero and one. They're one and zero against the Canucks, and zero one and one against the Montreal Canadiens this season for a total record of four four and three against uh, the bottom dwellers in the NHL. And again, they play the thirty-first ranked team tonight. So, what uh, what are we going to have in store for us? Who knows? That's the, the the Leafs always like to uh, to give us heart attacks against games in which we assume they should be able to win. Like on paper, the Leafs should come in and absolutely murder and blow this team out of the water. Sometimes that just doesn't happen. Um, I will say this though: they did get some positive news. Um, Austin Matthews looks like he might be returning to the uh, the lineup at that three week date that they thought. He would return for so that's a really good and positive sign that austin matthews could be returning here um he did take part in practice today he was up on the top line for line rushes he was on the power play and he did speak afterwards and he said if all things you know if i feel good tomorrow then uh, i should play and uh that's the expectation so austin matthews uh could be returning from that knee injury that's clearly uh and you know a, a really good thing because I don't know about you, Dave. Uh, it was very evident that they were missing some sort of scoring touch with Austin Matthews out of the lineup the past few weeks. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I would say that, you know, yeah, guys like Will Nealand or Mitch Marner tried to do their best. But at the center ice position, guys who had to be moved up in places they probably should not have been moved up, it showed. It showed yeah. in a lot of ways. Not only offensively, but defensively as well. Like we talk about Austin Matthews and what he can do offensively. I think, you know, one people tend to underestimate what he can do on the defensive side as well. Oh, I think that's changing. I think that changed last year, though, to, to be fair. But to your point, yeah, like Pontus Holmberg, he was moved up into the second, uh, second line center role in that one game against Ottawa and was quickly taken off that because it was like, okay, you're not ready for this quite yet. Let's stick you back in the bottom six. And uh, he is going to be the fourth line center tonight. Kerfoot had a, a run up there as well. And even Kerfoot, like, the, so I was looking up his numbers. Kerfoot has one goal in his last, like, 18 games. That's just unacceptable for, for Alex Kerfoot, if you ask me. So that, and considering he was getting top six minutes um, for a majority of time while Matthews was out of the lineup, that's, I mean, he's, he's just flat out needs to produce more than that if he's going to be uh, 
a focal point of this team going forward. Uh, right now, he's currently slotted to remain in the top six because um, there was a big shakeup at practice today. I don't, I don't know if you saw the, the morning lines, but just a big shakeup overall, like up front, bunting with Matthews and Nylander, Kerfoot with Tavares and Marner. So M- Matthews and Marner were, were split up. Engvall, Camp, and Yarncroak are the third line, and then Zach Aston, Reese Holmberg, and Joey Anderson make up the fourth line. Uh, so Alex Steves comes out of the lineup. Him and uh, Wayne Simmons were um, held, well, were skating as the extras. So a, a massive shakeup up front, a massive shakeup on the blue line, which we'll get to in, in just a moment. Um, but, I mean, just the, the fact that Matthews comes back into the lineup and now all of a sudden – you know, we're seeing a whole bunch of movement within this lineup. Does that surprise you that Marner or Matthews didn't come back and automatically get reunited with Marner? Now it's going to be Matthews and Nylander again? A little a little surprising there. That was, that part was a little surprising because Nylander's been playing very well, right? You And you think that you want to keep him and Tavares together, but um, the one that, that surprised me the most was Kerfoot. Like, he had the really nice play on the Nylander goal in Saturday's game. But other than that, I don't like this to me. Kerfoot has not shown that he can be a top six contributor. Cause it's not just a matter of, you know, chipping in defensively. What I liked about Cal Yarncroke was that he was doing things offensively. He was getting into the nitty gritty areas in the front of the net to, to score, to put up some uh, production there. So that was that, that one's perplexed, but I think that has more to do with getting Cal Yarncroak back with uh, with Camp more so than it had to do with anything else there. But yeah, I, maybe they just feel like with Math with they they just there's something about Matthews and Martin together that they're not liking. They just aren't liking that duel right now, and maybe they just prefer Tavares and Martin. Like against the first game against Columbus, Tavares and Martin were really good together. So maybe they just. They want to keep that together, and they feel like Will and Nylander, the way he's been playing, is going to help elevate Austin Matthews in his return to the lineup. Yeah, I mean they played well, and honestly, when when I look at when I look at these lines, I, I almost am getting to a point where I prefer them apart. To be honest with you, because I do like that two pronged attack where you have Matthews and Nylander, and they you know have been able to feed off each other, and then Marner just makes Tavares a better player, like he just simply does, and it's nothing. It's not a shot at, at Nylander. I just think Marner's more complimentary in helping what Tavares does. And then, obviously, Kerfoot, you would hope for some sort of improvement there. Uh, and Yarncroft, I think they're going to get it. Like, I almost wonder if the fact that you're reuniting this third line that had, you know, some time early in the season prior to Yarncroft's injury to, uh, to get going, but didn't quite see much out of him. Um, but then Yarncroft's been on the second line since he got back in in late December. Now we'll get a chance to see what that third line looks like. Like, that's a pure checking line. And then they could bring a little, you know, Yarncroft adds a little bit more offensive punch than the Andersons, the McMahons uh, that that we've seen who've been filtering in on that third line a little bit. So I look at it now and I'm like, okay, you've got three lines that can somewhat score here. Like, Kurt Engvall's put the puck in the back of the net a little bit lately. Obviously, I just talked about Yarncroft. You've got Marner and Tavares doing their thing. And now you add Matthews onto that top line with William Nylander and Michael Bunting, who I think he could start picking it up and start, you know, scoring a little bit more again lately. Um, you know, you kind of have three decent scoring lines here 
heading into this game. Um, defensively, also a big shakeup there. And uh, why don't we take a quick break and get back to it? There's one player who is expected to sit out tonight. Might come as a shock to some. Might be a party to others if you catch my drift. Uh, so I'll tell you who that is and why I believe this is this is probably a good, good thing um, going forward for the Maple Leafs. So I'll tell you that information in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's our favorite sports book. It's FanDuel. It's midway point of the NHL season. It's here, and now's the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back for your first bet if it doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores. You can even go ahead and guess your goal scorer shots or the puck line. For example, tonight's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, I like the puck line for Toronto. It's juiced up a little bit to minus 2.5, but I think Toronto's going to roll. They really, really have to if you ask me. Um, so I think that that is a pretty good play. You can make it on FanDuel. It's one of my favorite bets that I see here uh, tonight. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with the same game parlays. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more uh, an official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On at Least podcast. I'm Mike Stefano with Dave Morissuti. Uh, Toronto has Chicago in, in town tonight, uh, their first game of two meetings this week. They play again on Sunday on the second night of back-to-back. They've got a, a game against Montreal in the middle on Saturday. Really weird, though, because they're in Toronto taking on Montreal, and then it's a 6 p.m. Saturday game in Chicago. So they cross the border and go play Chicago an hour earlier, like 23 hours later, it's going to be a hassle. It's going to be a hassle. That said, the Blackhawks were playing Montreal tonight, so the Leafs will have Chicago on night two of a back-to-back in this game, which is another reason why I think that uh, they really better be prepared to play this game. You're coming off a loss against Columbus you got ripped on by your coach post game. I didn't get a chance to comment on it. I hope you touched. I, I know you touched on it. Absolutely tore into the players, which deservedly so. Now they've got to come and, and respond and hopefully just put an absolute ass whooping forward on the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, so Matthews is going to probably be back in the lineup. They'll see how he feels in the morning. Um, but all systems seem like they're good to go there, which is a big benefit for this team. Um, defensively though, a big shakeup in, uh, on the blue line. Um, so Riley and Brody remain together as the top pair, Mark Giordano and Timothy Lilligren as the second pair at practice today, Rasmus Sandin and Connor Timmons as the third pair, Justin Hall projected to be a healthy scratch in tonight's game. Dave, what do you make of that? Well, in the last show, I did call out Justin Hall's play. Um, yeah, it was abysmal on Saturday. Absolutely abysmal. I, I like it. I like it for a couple of reasons. One, it sends a message to Justin Hall. It also sends a bit of a message to the group that you're going to have a game like that, you're going to sit. And Justin Hall, 
it, it, you know what? It's a good thing too because it can tell it's Connor Timmons as well. So here's an opportunity here. Justin Hall had a bad game. Let's see if you can have a better game than him, and maybe he stays out of the lineup a little bit longer. It, this is not, and, and it's funny because I was saying that Justin Hall has been hasn't been terrible that from what he was at the start of the season, but at the same time, I feel like people have been so focused on Morgan Riley's play that Justin Hall has kind of been brushed a bit to the side. Because yeah, that's the point. I, that, that's kind of how I feel like with Justin Hall. Like to me. He, yeah, he plays on the penalty kill. Him and Jordana play that shutdown role. But I'm, I'm, I, from what I'm seeing and watching him play, and I think Sheldon Keith is probably seeing it too. He's not giving you anything. No, like he's not being physical. Uh, the penalty kill has not been very good by the standards that I think this team needs it to be. And that, like, there's no reason that a you should give up 40 shots against uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets and. <laughs> allow a player to just walk in front of the net untouched so he can you know deflect in a goal multiple times multiple times like he, he was a dash three in that game if i'm not mistaken yeah it was yeah. it was um it was a i think it was a needed if anything if it's just gonna be a wake-up call to him i'm fine with that too i think that's what it is honestly like i don't think this is a situation where hall becomes a seventh defenseman like for that to happen you would have to see some wizardry out of out of Connor Timmons in this game. Like uh, Sheldon Keith spoke about it post practice today, and and you know he said at times, you know Hall's play has slipped, but he wants to get Timmons in, and he said, "quote You're looking to take someone out, so don't give me a reason." Well, Justin Hall gave him a reason to take him out of the lineup Saturday night, and therefore he's not going to play. Spend a night up in the press box, which we saw this happen earlier this year, if you'll recall. Earlier in the season, Hall got, you know, one little game. He had to go up in the press box and kind of watch and see what happened. And um, he played a lot better coming out of that, though. Like, it was the the wake-up call that he needed, just kind of give his head a shake, a bit of a reset, if you will. And I think uh, this is kind of, hopefully, they're, they're hoping that they can press the same button here and he can kind of get a quick reset, a uh, quick jolt, and, and get back to being... You know, the player that he was in November because he wasn't really – he was playing some solid hockey. Like when Brody and Riley went down, he and Giordano were playing some solid hockey. I don't think anybody can dispute that. There's a lot of haters out there that, that are going to just hate on Hall regardless, but they were playing really well. Not as great since roughly Christmas. Uh, I went and I took a peek at their numbers, and honestly, it's 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 not been great. Christmas, New Year's, it, it, that pairing has gone downhill uh, quite a bit. Justin Hall himself has been on the ice, Dave, for 23 goals in the last 20 games since the Christmas break. 23 goals he's been on the ice in the last 20 games. Um, Hall and Giordano are a bottom 10 defensive pairing in the league in terms of goals against per 60 at five on five since Christmas. They've been on the ice for uh, that's through 20 games, actually also giving up the 17th most scoring chances per 60 in that time among all defensive pairs. So it's just not, it's not being great. And that's to go along with some of the boneheaded turnovers and the misplays that he's made as well. So, you know, a, a quick seat in the press box for a game or two, and then you get him back out there, and, and hopefully he can turn his game around. Because we've seen at his height, he can have, he can be, he can, he can, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he can pretend to be a, a number four at the very least. Like if you could dress him up as a four, he's not like a legitimate four, but he could work, right? We've seen it at his, at his best, but he hasn't been that of late. So hopefully a quick reset and he can get himself uh, back in order because I mean, one of two things, either Hall needs to severely improve his play down the stretch and through the playoffs, or they got to upgrade that position because Hall, the way he's played the last 20 games, that's not a winning formula when it comes to playing the playoffs against the Tampa Bay Lightning in a seven-game series where you're expecting him to be one of your shutdown pairs. Not going to not gonna turn out very well for Toronto at the way he's playing right now. No, and, and you saw the way that they played against Boston. Like, those, those turn the turnovers, just t- brutal play in their own end. Mm-hmm. Like, those things, they're going to eat you alive, teams like that, if you're going to make those mistakes. And if you're Justin Hall and you're supposed to be that, you know, you're not bringing offensive presence, then you got to make sure you're playing as much mistake-free hockey as you can. And right now... He has. I, I didn't realize the numbers were that bad. That to me is Dude, alarming. Twenty on the ice for twenty three goals in the last twenty games. It's crazy. Like I understand him and Giordano get the tougher assignments. I, mm-hmm. I I sympathize with that, but they're also not being asked to play thirty minutes a night, right? Like Justin Hall's not being asked to play egregious minutes i understand he's probably playing more minutes than i think he should be yeah just based on where he is in the lineup but that's also that's kind of where they are right now and the only way you're going to change that is if he plays better we find a better solution uh and uh could that possibly be a trade could it possibly be a trade or lilligren gets his opportunity right now to go up and play top four minutes maybe lilligren shows that uh he's he's ready for the task and and he can kind of take that second pair spot take those minutes from justin hall and you know you drop justin hall to to the third pair or you know maybe you do go and get an upgrade but and i think there's a big opportunity for timothy lilligren here to uh to, to really prove that he can be a bigger piece of the of the puzzle here for toronto yeah i mean that you need I've constantly said that you need these guys to bring a different element. They need to raise the profile of this defense. Like the defense in last year's playoffs were good, but we need them to take a step, right? We It's clear. Otherwise, you're kind of setting yourself up for a very similar end to what happened last year. Like it's okay to be good, but good enough, but let's like we should try to find a way to up the ceiling. If anything. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right. We'll take one more quick break and we get back. Talk about what we're most intrigued by in tonight's matchup. What are you going to be keeping an eye on tonight? I've got a couple things in mind. I'm curious to get your thoughts. Uh, Leafs Hawks tonight. You can watch it. Um, it's a big one. Toronto, they now need this because they're tied in the standings with Tampa, but a game more played, which means they're now in third place. So in order to keep up with Tampa, they got to get the two points. We'll chat about the game in just a moment. But first, Dave, tell them about uh, one of our good show sponsors. Yep. And if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. 
just got through. We're you know we're past the holiday season, past Valentine's Day, where maybe you indulged in some chocolates after you bought your your significant other some chocolates. So maybe we try to go with something a little bit healthier, but actually still tastes good. And that is what makes Built Bar so great. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Not sure how they do it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com. Now you can get your at them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club in the States. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club and go and get yourself a box. If you go to the pharmacy counter at Walmart, you can get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you go to Sam's Club, get a 13-bar box with hip flavors like brownie batter and churro. Take me later. Of course, if you're one of those who can continue to shop online, then make sure you go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. So that is promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order at builtbar.com. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcasts. Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Uh, so Dave, big game tonight. Leafs and Blackhawks down at Scotia bank arena um there's a couple of things that i'm actually going to be keeping an eye on tonight and not necessarily the game itself because again i i fully expect toronto to respond after that brutal performance saturday night against columbus and just mop the floor with the chicago blackhawks team granted we've been here before we've fully expected that and well what happened on saturday sometimes happens uh on those nights that said uh let's let's try and keep it positive here and just uh hope that uh, toronto does make that response with matthews returning chicago on the second night of a back-to-back lee should be very very rested um not having played since saturday so uh i think that they've there's, there's a lot of things going in their favor oh also the hawks are 31st in the nhl and just flat out suck uh yeah, they got shut out by the montreal canadians who are not very good there you go. They got shut out by the Montreal Canadiens for nothing. They let Jonathan Druin have a three-point night. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Um, what are you looking forward to seeing most tonight, though? Uh, well, obviously, Austin Matthews, seeing how that knee is looking. I mean, in practice, we kind of thought he was get, he was inching closer to returning just based on how he was practicing there. And obviously... <laughs> Go ahead. He, he, I'm just he, he. I didn't expect for him to play in this game until I saw him in line rushes today. I was very like I didn't expect this at all. Like I know he was in practicing in in a red sweater yesterday, but I fully did not anticipate him anticipate him being ready to go to play in tonight's game. I thought, all right, let him not play the Wednesday, get a couple more practices in. And then let's get him uh, into one of these games Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, I was totally surprised when I saw that he went from being in a no contact red shirt. Boom, he's in blue and he's on the top line again. And I'm like, okay, like it's good. Obviously, we're not complaining about that. You just hope that you know 
and Austin Matthews is usually one that's not going to rush himself back early from an injury. So, yeah, I'm curious to see is just how if he's going to be if there's going to be any rust or anything like that. Conspiracy theory time. Him coming back early. Yeah, him come back on time, actually. This is pretty much the three-week timeline that he was originally given. But remember, it was minimum three weeks. So him coming back on time, as opposed to maybe giving him a, a, an extra couple of games like we initially thought would make a little bit more sense. Maybe after this weekend's back-to-back, he can get him back into the fold. Um, how much of getting him back in as soon as possible, you think, has to do with when he got it, when he went out, Tampa was not they were they had a not one say a comfortable lead on Tampa, but they had a lead on Tampa Bay. That's, that's yeah, I, no longer the case leading into this game here. Yeah, I mean the Leafs don't yeah, the Leafs don't have the luxury of, you know, coasting, right? And I don't think the Leafs were trying to coast, but the suggestion that oh, we don't need to rush our best player back, this and that, I think they also realized that and I think he Austin Matthews realizes. He, he might not think that this is a big deal in terms of the standings. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. You do not want to be giving Tampa home ice. They're, like These are games they need to win. These are games that if you have Austin Matthews in, the chances of you winning these games go up quite drastically. Yes, also home ice advantage. The odds of you winning on home ice also go up quite drastically. <laughs> um, something else that I'm looking forward to with that we talked about seeing Timothy Lilligren and his second payroll, you know, he's not taking on like overly tough competition against the Chicago Blackhawks, but still just to, you know, kind of get a look and see how him and, and Gio look together. Um, they look good last year, right at the end of the season. And I think that kind of, that's where you saw Lilligren start to turn into an NHL defenseman so reuniting him with geo i think will be something i'll be keeping an eye on and then there's a lot of like trade candidates on the chicago blackhawks that if you want to do a little pre-scout to see you know how these players look play if you think they would be you know there's just a lot of intriguing names here like i'm thinking max domi is a guy who uh, i think would be intrigued an intriguing name for the Maple Leafs. Sam Lafferty is a name that we've heard a lot more of a depth player, but certainly a name that potentially if they want to add some depth to the fourth line, he could be a guy um, defensively. You've got Connor Murphy, Jake McCabe. We've heard both of those names come up McCabe a little more so of late than, uh, than Murphy. And obviously Patrick Kane is the big name out there. And I don't know if you heard uh, Carlo Koliakovo's report. Uh, it wasn't a report. I, I will I will stop. I'm not going to call it a report. But he did say on uh, First Up today that he was told by a source that uh, Kane, if he wasn't going to go to New York, then Toronto was the next team on his list, pretty much, uh, of you know teams that he'd be willing to go to. So... Maybe you want to keep, you know, keep an eye out on and see what Patrick Kane's doing. You know, I know he's coming back from that injury. Is he as explosive, or is there a little bit of Felino stench with this guy? There is a lot of concern over uh, over that hip with Patrick Kane and whether or not he'll be able to remain healthy the rest of the way. He came out and he did a little media tour the other day, saying, "No, I'm good. I feel better than ever." Uh, 
the medicals kind of say something different and the numbers you're putting up this year, Patty, say something a little bit different. So um, getting an up close uh, view of him tonight against Toronto, definitely something I'll be keeping an eye on. You know, you brought up what uh, Carlo obviously said. I, I did see that floating around on Twitter there. There was also a gentleman who writes for NBC Sports Chicago, mm. uh, Charlie. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name completely. Oh, I know. exactly. I butchered it on air the other day on Leafs Lunch. I just... like it's. It seems like it seems Greek. Honestly, just... I said I, I, I butchered it, and then I said, Charlie from Chicago says <laughs> – <laughs> this Charlie guy, Charlie guy from Chicago, it's kind of got that feel to it. But Charlie from Chicago. So he actually like when he he did a piece on like seven trade deadline options for the Blackhawks and Patrick Kane, and when he was talking about Chicago, the Maple Leafs are a team I believe Kane would seriously entertain. They check so many boxes: legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Well, I mean, depending on who you ask, an original six market. He loves the they big are, Dave. They are legitimate contenders. Come on now. I, I think they're legitimate contenders, but the comment section in our podcast don't seem to suggest that. Good point. Uh, close to this was an interesting one. Close to his hometown, Buffalo, which would be an easy commute for his family. His dad doesn't like to fly, so they drive to and from Buffalo for Chicago home games. And Ooh. obviously, and obviously, the big point here is a chance to play with Austin Matthews, who Kane is itching to play with and obviously was one of Matthew's favorite players growing up. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things to like about that deal. If Patrick Kane is healthy, that is the question. And we don't know, but again, they went down that path with Nick Foligno before where they rolled the dice on a guy who was injured and it, it didn't work out in their favor. Does Kyle Dubas double down and do the same thing here? I don't know. What would it take to to do that? You know, I, I asked Darren Dreger today on, on my show on Leafs Lunch, like, could you see a scenario where basically he demands a trade to Toronto and, and they just take whatever Toronto's willing to give them mm-hmm. just as a solid to Patrick Kane because that's where he wants to go. You know, and not to say they're going to fleece him and give him like a seventh round pick or anything like that, but you know, could it be had? Could he be had for like, you know, a, a second rounder and a prospect or like I don't know if it would take something ridiculous, kind of similar to uh, the Taylor Hall trade a couple of years ago. I was there a better Hall, Claude Giroux, yeah, and in some ways Tarasenko's deal. Like some people thought the Blues didn't get much back, and the reason why. Tarasenko had a no trade clause. Yeah. He could. He only really wanted to go to certain places, and I think that's the same thing with Patrick Kane. If you're trading Patrick Kane, I don't understand that if you're Chicago, you want to get a ransom back for Patrick Kane, but this is also not the Patrick Kane that scored 92 points last year. I just don't know. Like they're gonna have to weigh it out. I don't know how many teams would be willing to give up top tier assets for a guy who they're not even sold will be able to last the end of the season. Like there's some serious gripe on that hip. Um, so they're going to have to dig into the medicals and see if, if there's legitimate concern there, or if it's being drummed up a little bit by media, like Patrick Kane said, but what, I mean, what is he going to say? Right? Like, obviously he's going to try and promote himself as being healthy. Like he's not going to come out and say, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty banged up. So you know, buyer beware. Like he's not going to say that. Right. 
But uh, I think it is notable and it is interesting that it sounds as though he has interest in the Leafs. The question is, do the Leafs have interest in Patrick Kane? And at what price would uh, they have interest in Patrick Kane? Like if they could get him for dirt cheap, I'm sure they would. But what price does Chicago want? And what price would Chicago take as a minimum? I think that's kind of where this whole conversation is going to uh, is going to end up at some point especially with the salary retention retention that will be needed and i expect double or two double, double retention right so you're going to have to pay another team some sort of asset to to take another two and a half million dollars off the books especially cuz there's not many teams that are going to be willing to do that no no there's not I mean, that's, it's not it's not actually two and a half million it's only uh, what 25% of what that would be just based on how much cash is actually owed. Um, and they, there could have even been signing bonuses. So who knows what the actual money is, but it's less than two and a half million. Daily cap hit right now is 3.25 million is what he is over the remaining. He had a $4 million signing bonus this year. So, so he has 3.25 remaining on his cap. Yeah. Well, how much is remaining on his salary? His base salary was two point nine. His total his total salary was six point nine four million. That was paid out in a signing bonus. So right, so it'd be like two point nine divided by it'd be like twenty five percent of that, yeah. right? So it's not as much money as as it seems like it would be, right? So maybe it does. It's not going to take a whole lot to find a second team to take that on for. You know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Are you willing to buy a fourth round pick? Maybe there is a team out there who wants to get some draft picks and can afford to do that. Uh, maybe a third round pick or a, a, a B level prospect or something like that. Who knows? Kyle's gonna have to get creative though, if he's because he, that's not the only ad. Because if he he gets hurt, now you're screwed. So he that's a luxury ad for me. You got to go out there and do something else additionally. And if you're doing that, then like maybe you can do something on the back end by bringing him in. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. I didn't plan on having a Patrick King conversation today, but here we are. We had the Patrick King conversation and uh, we'll see where it ends. There's less than three weeks to the deadline, two weeks this Friday, lots of conversations going to be had between now and then we'll see how, uh, how much Petty Kane dominates those conversations. All right, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. And make sure that you are subscribed to us um, both wherever you get your podcasts and also uh, on uh, YouTube as well. Um, we'd love for you to leave a comment down below. Anything that you anything you got a gripe about what we said today? Any gripes that you all have? Are you interested in Patrick Kane potentially becoming a Maple Leaf? What will the price have to be? Let us know in the comments section below. That'd be awesome. Uh, We'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. We will break down uh, the Leafs and Blackhawks game. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.